Welcome to the Business Resilience Decoded podcast, brought to you by Asfalis Advisors and the Disaster Recovery Journal. Crisis management in today's world is ever-changing, and this podcast is our commitment to help you navigate successful outcomes for any crisis you may face. I'm your host, Vanessa Matthews. I specialize in providing insights and solutions for crisis, continuity, and resilience across industries from real estate and healthcare to terrorism in the airline and transportation worlds. No matter what industry you're in, this podcast will provide you the tools to build resilience in your organization. Today's podcast episode is how the presence of women in business continuity is changing. It's going to be a good episode today. Our guest today is Linda Henderson. She is the business continuity planner of Markel. Linda, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Vanessa. I am so happy to be here. Me too. So first of all, let me just say I love this red. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Looks it's my, it's my calming color. <laughs> It looks amazing. So I had a chance to meet you in Arizona. We had a podcast booth there and we found you as one of our uh, podcast subscribers. So can you tell our practitioners a little bit more about yourself? I have been a practitioner for a little more than 30 years. No, I don't look it, guys. So y'all don't have to remind me. Um, And I've experienced some remarkable changes for business continuity in those 30 years. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Awesome. So let's let's dive in. Um, what has been your experience as a woman, as a female practitioner in our industry? I have seen some slow changes. So as a woman, when I first started, you know, our primary focus was ITDR, uh, really a man's world. <laughs> no other way to say it. Uh, Over the last couple of years, I have noticed a stronger female presence, and I've noticed that more people listen to us as opposed to just thinking we are there. So that's been good. So from your perspective, what I think I heard you say was you've seen the industry change a bit in terms of what the focus was. Um, Now people celebrate and they welcome our presence, right? Probably much, much different than what it may have been. But from your perspective, how has it affected your career based on your experience? Well, so far, <laughs> uh, my positions have changed. So I started as an ITDR analyst. Uh, and now I'm seen more as a resilience analyst. I'm more I'm allowed more to talk to the business, which is great because it should be about the business. It shouldn't be about IT. Uh, and my ideas are being heard. So mm-hmm. I've been able to push, if you will, some of the ideas that I've had for a really long time out into focus. And I don't need a man to mansplain it to everyone else for me. So that's been good. Yeah. You know what? I, uh, I can appreciate when we can see our ideas come into fruition. And when we're in organizations where, to your point, where we're at the table, but we're not heard, that's typically just not a good environment for anyone. And that's how it started out. That that was my whole career. I'd be at the table and just kind of sit there and, you know, wait until the meetings were over and then go and say, this is what I think we should do. Uh, I don't have to do that anymore. Now I can just, my voice can be heard. I can share it. I can speak it. Whether or not they take my advice is something different, but I'm allowed to be at the table and speak up when I think something needs to be said. Yeah. So to that point, while while we know that progress is slow in a lot of areas, <laughs> uh, what have you seen 
that has changed for women in our industry over the past few years? I think the bigger change, biggest change I've noticed is that women have positions of power. And when I say power, I'm not just talking, giving them a title. You know, calling me the director of business resilience doesn't give me power, but giving me a position of power where not only am I allowed to speak to the business, I'm allowed to speak to my peers, but I'm allowed to talk to those executives and say, this is what I believe we should be doing. So those positions of power, it's being brought to the table, not yeah. just to be at the table, but to present your ideas. Yeah. Uh, we have leveraged a study by Microsoft Design called Inclusive Decision Making, right? And who's at the table when decisions are being made? And so what it sounds like I hear you saying is the decision making within business continuity has been, while slow, progress is being made and women are at the table. And to your point, I'm at a senior table. So now I'm able to provide influence and insight. And let's not even forget what the data shows about the value of having a woman at the table. Exactly. <laughs> the, the representation, I mean, women by nature are planners. We are planners. We are problem solvers. We want things to go smoothly. Who better to come to the table than someone who already thinks that way, who's already programmed to think that way. So it's, it's, it's a slow change, but it is happening. Yeah. So while there is change and change is a forward moving target, what are some ways that you might see that we're stepping backwards? <laughs> there are so many. <laughs> the big one for me is I see us going back to a time when the practitioners actually practice. Instead of us formulating and governing a program, we're now the ones out there doing all the little tasks and all of the asks to get the program running as opposed to just governing the program itself. I think we're taking a step backwards in that regard. And, and from your perspective, do you see that as, as like a change that the industry is taking backwards or something that is specifically happening to women um, across the industry? I really believe it's not the industry itself. It's what's happening to women. We're being not necessarily forced, but we're being put into the backseat again, as opposed to allowing us to continue to lead. You know, there's been so many things that have happened and it affects women disproportionately to the men that are in our profession. So when it does occur, we're the ones left to pick up the pieces. We're the ones left to actually do the task. Someone has to perform the job. It can't just be, this is what I think we should do, but someone needs to go out there and do the ask. Mm -hmm. And someone has to do those hard asks. We have to ask people to do things and that's not always what happens. Fusion Risk Management is your North Star for operational resilience. The Fusion Framework System provides a foundation that enables you to understand how your business works, how it breaks, and how to put it back together again, which allows you to make data-driven decisions so you can anticipate, prepare, respond, and learn through business disruptions and major crisis events. Head to the link in our show notes to request a demo today. Fusion Risk Management, building a more resilient world together. So what do you think is driving that? Uh, perception, I think more than anything else that women are are soft. Um, and that could be more of a, a generational thing. So when I started work, women <laughs> were seen and not heard. That's just the way it was. Uh, we spoke only when we were asked questions directly. 
Uh, I see the newer generation, hopefully I'm, I'm not speaking out of turn since I have two daughters that I consider a part of this generation. Um, I see them as being more outspoken, more vocal, more verbal. And it's not always seen as aggression, it used to be. So when someone of my generation does that, I'm seen as aggressive. When someone from my daughter's generation, whatever generation we're in now, what is it, millennial? When they do it, it's not aggression, it's, it's just they're asking for what they want or they're asking for what they need. So I think it's more perception than anything else. Okay. So I recently did a webinar with uh, one of our clients, uh, the North Carolina uh, Certified Public Accountants Association. And it was a conversation on global risks that are impacting women and what women can do to better leverage resilience practices to solve for global issues. And one of the questions that came up in that women's conference, because there were a lot of men there. And the question was, is, well, in what ways can men support and offer um, partnership to women and females in the industry. And so I'll ask you, what ways do you feel like men can show up and support female pra practitioners? Allow them to take the lead. Allow women to lead. Don't feel that you need to step in when the conversation gets difficult. We don't need rescuing. That's just the reality. We are more than capable of rescuing ourselves and providing an opinion that doesn't necessarily have to be mansplained. If it does allow us to do the mansplaining, I think we're capable. Yep. So for people who just may not be aware, can you help us understand what mansplaining is? Because I know what you mean. <laughs> uh, mansplaining is when a gentleman decides he has to reiterate or rephrase whatever it is the woman just told you. He needs to mansplain it for those who don't understand a female's point of view. Yep. So I will share that I was at a conference recently and it was three males, one woman who happened to be a woman of color. And this male mansplained every single thing that the woman of color said. <laughs> Everything. Every question. And yeah, that's a lot. And I was sitting in the audience and I was observing it and I was like, why, why does he keep doing that? But I didn't quite, couldn't put a name on it. And then after the session, the woman approached me and she, she said, was it a reason why they just had to keep repeating and reiterating and reframing every single thing that I said? Yeah. And the funny thing is, I think a lot of times it's because the person's ideas are so good that they wanna make sure that it's understood. That's, that's my sincerest hope. I guess that's my positive attitude. And some of the other times it's just so that they receive the credit. Yep. I encounter that a lot. You know, the idea was great. Let me rephrase it and, and see what happens. And most ideas are better received when delivered by a man hmm. in our area of expertise. Yeah. Uh, well, it's predominantly been a male dominated industry and until you know, it wasn't ish. Um, so with that in mind, you mentioned that from your perspective and from your experience, um, the generations of a woman and how they are perceived when women may speak up or when they may not look differently. You also mentioned um, that some women may appear to be soft. And so what ways can women better advocate for themselves? Um, and what can we do as women 
to support and empower other women in the industry? So I, I think for the empowerment as women, uh, I recently attended a conference where the theme of it is when I rise, we all rise, right? Mm -hmm. So as I take my steps up, I have to reach back and I need to pull two others with me is the theme of their conference. And I had never heard it explained so elegantly before in my life, to be honest. I always thought, you know, women tear each other down. And, and that's not necessarily true because I just went to a conference with 750 women where the reality was that's not what they did. They were constantly lifting each other up. And we have to continue to do that. It, it has to be seen. It has to be shown. Um, so that's one. Uh, and then we can't be afraid to speak up. Mm. You know, when we see something or, or the mansplaining begins, we need to be able to say, okay, could we please allow, you know, Ms. Matthews to finish? Or could we allow Ms. Henderson to finish her idea? If we don't understand, we'll ask questions at that time. <laughs> we have to be willing to take that step forward. And a lot of times it just doesn't happen. Uh, and as women, when someone decides they want to talk over us or explain our ideas for us because they can do it better, we need to literally just, just stop it. Just, okay, I think I have this. Let me finish. If they have questions, we can both answer. But let me continue. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I've heard it from, I believe Michelle Turner was on our podcast a few weeks back. And her comment was, if you're at the table, you're at the table for a reason to speak up. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you're not there just to be cute anymore. It's, it's, it has nothing to do with that. It's because they value your yep. opinion. So yeah. you might as well voice it. Well, and what I can appreciate, so I was talking to another friend of mine who's a fellow business owner with me in Charlotte. And that's one thing that has frustrated her is she's a woman who's not ugly, right? Because I know I'm not ugly. <laughs> oh, I'm and, gorgeous. <laughs> and, but her, her frustration is she has encountered uh, folks that she's worked with, specifically men who may say things that are offensive and inappropriate. Like, oh, well, that's because you're cute. Or that's because of this. And it's like, what you're doing is you're discounting the value that I bring to the table down mm -hmm. to, I'm at the table because I'm pretty. And I didn't get here because I'm cute because cute doesn't pay bills and cute doesn't add value, right? Which, you know, now I always tell my husband, I don't think I'm the prettiest person in the world. However, <laughs> I'm cute enough. And I've always been cute enough. Uh, and when those comments are made to me, because I've gotten older and as I've gotten older, what I've discovered is I'm more than willing to tell someone I'm here because I have a brain. So don't treat me as if I don't. I am more than capable of doing this job uh, and encouraging that in the generation behind. It's basically I didn't bring you to this meeting because I thought you're cute. I brought you to this meeting because I was hoping you were going to help me sell my idea. Now, if your brain isn't going to allow us to do that, then you can go sit down and I can bring someone else with me. It really has to be the women who stop that. We have to stop it. We have to promote each other in a way that identifies, like I don't tell people, like I would never say to you, oh, Vanessa, you're so cute. If we're doing business, we're doing business, right? Yep. And we, we as women have to be able to separate those and keep our male counterparts capable because yep. it's all about holding them capable of separating the two. Hmm. I will take your comment one step further. I think that women have to continue to support each other, but women also have to continue to support each other across difference, which means if I am a woman that is of the majority and there are other dimensions of difference across the women landscape, 
then we need women who are in rooms where there are a lack of minorities at those tables to not only promote and support women who look like them, but women who don't look like them, women who don't come from where they come from, women who may have different abilities, women who may identify across different uh, genders and, and spectrums. And I, from from my professional experience, that's something that I think that we're lacking. We're, we support women, uh, but not all women support all women, right? You would be right. You know, we, we have that idea that if I support someone who is different or other, for me, that subtracts from my cause. But the reality is it elevates your cause. Yeah. yeah. So I agree totally. Well, I could talk to you a whole lot more about this, but our podcast subscribers appear to like 15 minute episodes. So <laughs> <laughs> how can our listeners stay connected to you? Oh, so I'm on LinkedIn. You can just look for me. It's Linda Henderson on LinkedIn. Uh, and you can send me emails. I'm always willing, reach out to me, message. However, you can go through Vanessa. She has all my deets now. So <laughs> however you want to get in touch with me. I don't do Facebook, folks. Don't do Facebook. I find it too negative. I can't do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hashtag mental health. All right. So thank you for joining today's podcast. And thank you for also being a subscriber to Business Resilience Decoded. Oh, thank you for having me. This was, this was great. Thank you for listening to the Business Resilience Decoded podcast brought to you by Aspalis Advisors and Disaster Recovery Journal. Make sure you check out the show notes for this episode to see all the upcoming events, programs, and ways we can support you. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast, leave us a review, and share it with a friend. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.